Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because He overcame. We are to always pray. And everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd. He's not selfish. He's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher. Faithful. Sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader. Well-respected. And this, well, this, my friends, is a pastor's perspective. God bless you, everybody. Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective with Pastor Kelvin, which is me again tonight. I'm so excited. Excuse me as I'm looking down. I'm trying some new equipment out. So I'm watching and I'm talking and all at at the same time. But listen, nonetheless, I'm super excited because in the green room tonight, I have Bishop Vance Dash with me, who's going to come out just a few moments. And we're going to go into session two, dealing with deliverance, demonic, the demonic and the believers. So listen, Tune in, stay focused, ask questions, comment and share and like because you're in for a treat. So give me just a second. I'm going to bring Bishop Dash on in the live with me. God bless bless you, you, Bishop. God bless you, Overseer. How are you, sir? How are you today? I am wonderful. So glad to see you. Glad to be seen and glad to be here. Good to see you as well, my friend. (laughs) Amen. I, I got to tell you all that are just coming in, please take a moment, like this, subscribe to it, but also do me a favor and share, tag someone. Let's get them in. The last time we had this dialogue with Bishop Dash, it was so informative and more information I even plan to receive. So I know session two is going to be amazing. Listen, we've got Bishop Dash on And it's an extreme honor. And I know he's probably tired of me saying this, but as I'm older, it is an honor to be able to have some of these generals in the faith that I saw as a younger cat coming along and have them on my podcast tonight. So if you don't know who he is, let's get his information up. And Bishop, just like last time, if you'll take a moment and just let our viewers know who you are. Thank you, sir. Well, greetings to all those that are watching. Uh, I am Bishop Vance L. Dash. And I serve as lead pastor at the Raymond Deliverance Cathedral in the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I also serve as a presiding prelate or covering to Covenant Keepers Fellowship of Churches International. I love the Lord. Amen. I can talk about credentials and things of that nature, which over a 32 year period I've acquired from a general theology diploma to a bachelor's in theology, master's in div, doctorate in divinity. Doctorate in Sacred Letters and lastly a PhD in a period of 32 years. But more than that, I give God the glory because the anointing is still the anointing. Amen. That makes the difference. And as Festus said to Paul, Festus said, uh, Paul, much learning had made you mad. I don't agree with that, but uh, (laughs) bless the Lord. I'm, I'm just grateful to be in the kingdom for such a time as this. And I thank God for you. And I certainly salute uh, my friend and brother, Overseer Kelvin Still. I always give honor to my wife, my companion, uh, who stands by me and who has stood by me for these multiple years. Amen. Three children later, five grandchildren later, she's still putting up with me. So I thank God for her. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you, Bishop Dash. And I'm glad you said that because I need to take a moment and recognize my wife who's out there tonight, Lady Nicole. Yes. God bless you. Love you. Praise God for you. So thank you for doing that, Bishop Dash, because I needed to do that as well. God bless you. God bless you. So listen, last time we were together, we dealt with a bevy of issues around deliverance. Yes. I'm going to start with a, just a real general question. Uh, when we talk about deliverance, that word is not necessarily found in Scripture. No. But when we talk about it in the context of the Bible, how would you define it for the believer? Uh, overseer, I would define it as such. And you won't find the word deliverance in the Bible, but you'll mm -hmm. find the word similar. Believe it or not, the word salvation in the Old and New Testament also references or cross-references the word for deliverance, which the word sozo, S-O-Z-O in the Greek, which references salvation, but it also means extrication and freedom from, to be delivered from or set free from, or be to be released out of. So we, even though we don't see it literally in the print of the Holy Writ or the confines of the scripture, the word sazo, salvation, save, means to be rescued, to be freed. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be sazoed, delivered, saved, freed. So in the context of scripture, we may not literally or visually see D-E-L-I-V-E-R-A-N-C-E, deliverance. <laughs> yes, but sir. the connotation, the reference is in the scripture when we study the different transliterations for the word salvation or save. When David said the Lord uh, uh, delivered or him, or he cried, I cried and the Lord delivered me from destruction, saved me from destruction. He's referencing deliverance from the hand of Saul, from mm -hmm. the hand of his adversary, from the hand of his oppressors, from the giants of Rephaim, amen, that spread across the valley of Rephaim and the, the, that came to him when he was in the hold. Uh, he makes reference to salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Again, that word really references, David is saying, the Lord is my illumination, mm. my brightness, but he's also my deliverance. He delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the hand of the bear. So it is subliminally in the scripture, the word of deliverance, though we don't see it spelled in the language of today. So Bishop, with that, thank you for that. So how then do we deal with, because you're a Bible scholar, let's just put it out there. Uh, how then do we deal with our brothers and sisters who like you are very well educated in scripture, but they resist or deny the deliverance ministry in this era? Overseer, and I'll get straight to the point. Um, it's very simple. The church that was birthed on the day of Pentecost. Yes, sir. In the upper room. The only thing that has changed as far as the movement of the Holy Spirit, the operation of deliverance and salvation, gifts of the Spirit, signs and wonders, the only thing that has changed is that that is an Eastern cultured theology. Mm. We live in a Western centered and cultured theology. And because we live in a Western culture or, 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 or you know, centered theology, uh, there's some 
little uh, theological differences or misnomers, if you will. Yes, but sir. the only thing that changed, how can we say that we are a part of the apostolic, the New Testament church that was birthed on the day of Pentecost? And we believe in the apostles teaching or doctrine and we're following the pattern and we are perpetuating the actions or the activities of the apostle. Bless you, lady still. How can we say that we're following the pattern of the apostles if we make distinction and we accept one thing but not the other? I don't see how we can separate the work of grace Watch this. This is going to sound tricky from yes, the sir. book of deliverance. There was always where there was grace. There was always deliverance. That's right. And where there was where wherever Jesus was or the Holy Ghost was present, it always attracted demonic activity. So what where is the differential? Where is the divider? Where is it in scripture or in our eastern, western uh, theological knowledge and understanding that there was a cutoff date for the church age. We are in the dispensation of grace and the church and nothing has changed but culture. <laughs> now, Bishop, with that explanation, this is not even part of deliverance, but I've, I've just got to ask. So then how do we deal with our brothers and sisters that are just cessationists? They don't believe that the power of God is moving. They don't believe in the, 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 the ascension gifts are no longer or any longer at work. How do we reconcile that? Because it, that seems to be growing now. It is growing because, uh, um, Overseer, I'm an, uh, an avid believer of education and preparation. I, 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 I'm still studying. I'm still researching. I'm still digging. I don't believe any man in the earth realm will ever ascertain or acquire, acquire all knowledge. With all of my heart, I believe emphatically with everything in me. People that won't believe, uh, I was once, um, how can I say it, and I'm going to be careful how I choose my words, in <laughs> fellowship with a church that believed the same. The pastor would stand up boldly and say, tongues no longer exist. Forget the tongues. Healing and miracles no longer exist. Deliverance. And, and my, my inquiry to him was, how can you say we're in the church age and we're still in the dispensation of grace in the church, but then you can omit or remove or remit the activities of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The book of Acts, when you say that, when you define the title of the book, the activities or the actions of the apostles. That's right. That happened on the day of Pentecost and thereafter. We are still in the dispensation or the time frame. So for our brethren, let me answer your question. You're good, I think Bishop. the only thing we can do, overseer, is do our best to be living epistolarians, uh, epistles read of all men, and to be demonstrators of the glory and the grace of God and pray that they have an encounter mm. and a visitation by the Holy Ghost to the extent that they will not denounce or deny the reality and the existence of the power of God still in action today. How can you deny when there are notable miracles, notable deliverance that's obvious, that's visible, uh, uh, that's seen, that's noted, that's recognized, you know? So yes, I believe the best thing we can do is continue to pray for these men and women. Uh, and, I, and I will say of God, 
is yes, just their theology as it relates to end time ministry and the operation of the Holy Spirit in the last days, either there is a misconception or a deception of mm. some kind. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think it's it it, it 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 we need to say it because you must have education, but you still have to have demonstration. Oh man of God, we have to. I don't think you can over I don't think you should over index. I believe, Bishop, there must be balance, right? There has there's to got be. there's gotta be balance. And I've learned this. You can't you can't come to service on Sunday as a leader and want to prophesy the entire service. Now there have been those types of services, yes, sir. but the people also must be taught from the word of God. They have to, they need the balance. They gotta have balance. I say that a lot, Bishop, when we deal with the the demonic. I was teaching this Sunday, and one of the things that I said is everything is not a demon, and everything is not a devil. That's right. Because we want to ensure through the spirit of discernment that what we are engaging, some things are just a part of life. Yes, sir. Absolutely. They're, they're a part of life. And with that, Bishop, I want to ask you a question. So I don't think I asked this last week. When we talk about the demonic, when we talk about demons, um, where do we find the origin of them in scripture? Now, with the limited information that I have, um, I did some study around the gap theory. I did some study around Genesis 1. I've done some study. One of the books I've read was the uh, Dispensational Truth. And uh, within the Dispensational <coughs> Truth, Clarence Larkin talks about a pre-Adamite world and all this other stuff. And I don't want to get too deep into that. But where, based on what you've studied, uh, do we find the origins of the demonic? You know, overseer, and 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 that's a very good question. And I believe, and we're not. I'm not going to, but we can spend it's the okay. rest of this stream on that subject. Uh, you already refer, made reference to the pre-Adamic age. Yes, sir. Connected to that, and it's similar. It's called the Antediluvian age. Yes, sir. And the Antediluvian age, along with the pre-Adamic age, is it's confined and hidden in the secret of Genesis chapter one. Mm. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the darkness doesn't just refer to light or cosmic light. Right. It refers to depravity, sin. And according to Isaiah 60 and 2, darkness will be upon the earth and gross darkness in mm. earth. The darkness and the gross darkness references demonic presence yes, and sir. demonic activity. Let's go further than that. Go Bishop. When the Father Elohim created the heavens and the earth, and he saw everything he made was good, and so on and so on and so on, and we know the story. When we read between Genesis, Isaiah 4, Isaiah 14, we read about demonic presence, how Lucifer, day star, who was the embodiment of music, it's believed that his body was just an instrument, yes, sir. Uh, was a representative of the kingdom of God. Now, it is it has to be true between the pre-Adamic and the anti-Diluvian age that there was darkness and gross darkness, Isaiah 60 and 2, 1 and 2. Yes, in the earth, Genesis chapter 1, when darkness was upon the face of the earth, not just referring to the blackness because of the lack of light, because we know later, later he called the lesser light, the night, the moon, the greater light, the sun, and etc. But what we understand, Pastor, hidden in the confines overseer of those contextual verses, we see that there had to be demonic activity. How do we know? Isaiah confirms this. If it was not so, when Satan did rebel against the Most High and desired to be like the Most High and exalt himself above the heavens and be like the Most High, and the Lord Jehovah cast 
Amen. Him and one third of the falling angels out. So here's my question on a question. If there was no existence in the antediluvian or pre-existent pre-Adamic age, then where did, where did that third of the angelic host that was cast from the heavens down to the black abyss of hell, where did they come from? Where did they come from? So yes, sir, I do strongly believe that there was a demonic presence from the very beginning. Now, if we get into scientific, theological, and archeological findings, the earth dates back to millions of years in terms of the study of geology, pressure, and time. Uh, and, and we can go, I don't wanna go too deep past it, but fine, you know Bishop. what I mean? We, yes, sir. we can confirm all of this through history. So it could be, and I believe this emphatically, we all know the Genesis is not the oldest book of the Bible, according mm -hmm. to history, it is noted that Job is, according to dates, time, fossils, discovery, history, archeology, span science, biology, and such the like. But the point of the matter is, what we must remember overseer is this that as long as there was hashem yes sir the ancient of days the creator and as long as there was rebellion or contrariness or opposite to what god mandated the theocracy of god the mazara which is the hebrew word for the kingdom or the new testament word kingdom basilia or basilia the kingdom government kingdom order wherever there's a kingdom mm -hmm. you will always find opponents to the kingdom rather be an earthly kingdom or a heavenly kingdom bishop we could stay there all night you're right you're absolutely right so <laughs> you said so much and it's blessing me so when we find when we find the origin once again, just for the conversation tonight, yes, sir. what is the purpose of the demonic then? We understand, you know, we get a clear picture of the, the, and once again, let me say this. I don't want anyone to think I'm stammering. I also don't want anyone watching tonight thinking <laughs> that we're giving any glory to the devil. Amen. But we must understand who our enemy is That's right. in order to <clears throat> withstand him. Amen. So Bishop, then what is the purpose of the demonic? If God is God, <laughs> If God is all powerful, why? What is the purpose? How can they withstand Him? Well, you know what, Overseer. Remember, even in the heavenlies, when God created every living being or entity, from yes, the angels down. Remember, angels don't have the redemptive song that we do because they That's haven't right. been redeemed. They were created beings. They were not free moral agents, unlike us. When we were created, we were given free moral agency and activity. Yes, that sir. means we had a free will to serve God willingly or not. The angels were created to worship, created to serve around the throne, created to operate as agents in the earth ground. But because of the spirit of rebellion, and I'm going to make it short and sweet. You found this. It's one simple word, uh, overseer. What are their purpose? Anti. <laughs> Opposite. Their purpose is to do, promote, say, act implement anti he is the anti which means opposite yes, opposite christ their agenda is to impose any and everything opposite to the agenda of the kingdom of god bishop you used the word a moment ago rebellion mm -hmm. rebellion is typically from what i've discovered in deliverance 
one of the key spirits yes, sir. that we often have to battle when we deal with deliverance. Absolutely. If you would, Bishop, take a few moments and talk to me about rebellion. Well, you know, overseer, I've said this over and over, and Raymond will tell you, as you know, we were on Facebook Live every day at 12 noon for intercessory prayer. Thank you, Cousin Karen Blunt in Florida. Uh, every day, you know what, Overseer, you've joined yes, sir, us talk and, about and supported us and prayed with us. But but, but to elaborate on that, um, and I don't want to get off track, You're we're fine. focusing on the anti-part or rebellion. Okay, rebellion. Yes, sir. Rebellion, we've been praying for two weeks, Pastor Still, Overseer Still, our assignment, we take prayer assignments. First of all, being led by the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we receive any requests to come in and we intercede. We come into the power of agreement. Yes, sir. The Bible said that rebellion is as the sin of stubbornness and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Yes, sir. Right now, our assignment and all of my Rhema family, if they're on it, they still may be on our prayer line. They're going to come switch over shortly. Yes, sir. But they understand, overseer still, that rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. It is anti, it is opposite, it is contrary, it is other than. And the objective of the demonic regime is to oppose the agenda, the itinerary of the kingdom of God. When Jesus taught the disciples, you know as well as I do, the Lord's Prayer is really John 17, not Matthew uh, 9. When yes, we sir. talk about the Lord's Prayer, our Father, no, John 17 is the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus said, Father, make them one, even as you and I are already one. Amen. And he prayed because he prayed against the obstinance and the rebellion of the chief adversary, which is Satan. Yes, and sir. because he could not <laughs> exalt himself <laughs> above the Most High, um, that's where the spirit of rebellion. So we've been praying against the stubborn yoke of rebellion, which is witchcraft. The stubborn yoke. We've been praying that the stubborn yoke be, be destroyed. The yoke of rebellion, the yoke of opposing, the yoke of opposition. So I believe a rebellion is put in the earth and in men or women that are not surrendered or yielded to whatever God says or to the obedience of Jesus Christ, that they would be the vehicles or the tools that the enemy would use to hinder, combat, buffet, stop, and vex the agenda and the advancement of the kingdom of God. That's what I believe. Yes, sir. So before we even, I want to deal with that just a little bit further. So sure. when we look at Ephesians 6, 12, yes, it sir. gives us an outline of rank and file of what we are dealing with. Yes. So yes. the question that I would then ask you, is there a hierarchy, meaning is there a superior order of resistance when we're dealing with the demonic? I yes, see you smiling, you Bishop. Know what? I apologize. I didn't bring my, my books back that I had before. The book I wrote called Strategies of Warfare. Yes, sir. There is a hierarchy in the demonic realm. The hierarchy is called Arcus, A-R-C-H-A-S. Bless you, Mother Burke, one of our church mothers. Yes, been sir. Since I've been pastoring. Amen. Arcus. Arc means the highest rank order, the golden arches. Uh, for McDonald's, the uh, the the, the uh, in San Francisco, the Golden Arch Bridge. Arch is the highest order. Under the Arcus, that's where the generals in the kingdom of darkness operate, govern, and send their mandates and commands to the lower. Under the Arcus, uh, uh, overseer still, there's another rank called the Cosmos Crotopus. The Cosmos. 
referring to the earth realm or, you know, the planetary realm in the cosmos around Jupiter, Neptune, Saturn, Pluto, and Mars. The cosmos, Kratopis, are the demons that derive and receive their orders from the Arcus. They are the lieutenants and the captains in the demonic regime. Under the uh, under the cosmos Kratopis, we have what's called the Pneumaticus Ponereus. Pneuma refers to air or air spirit. You, you know, pneumatology, you studied yes, it, so have I. Air, breath, spirit. The Pneumaticus Ponereus are those that receive their orders from the cosmos Kratopis. Now remember, all of these, it is believed, it is believed, man of God, anywhere between 37,000 and upward feet above the earth realm is where uh, the Pneumaticus Ponereus starts. Yes, sir. Amen. In that sphere, the stratus or the tropus or sphere. the exosphere where they operate. So the Pneumaticus Ponereus received their orders from the cosmos Kratopis. And then the last are the rebel spirits, the princes <laughs> of the power of the air. They're called rebel or rebellious spirits. And the rebel or the rebellious spirits and the prince that rules prince, the Hebrew word for prince is Sar, S-A-R. That's where the lower ranking, the sergeants and the colonels and the, the privates, but they operate between the, the, the lower realm or dimension of the heavenlies and the atmospheric realm, which is the realm that we live in, the earth realm. And that's why we encounter in the atmospheric realm warfare. Yes, sir. I, I had Rhema for three weeks. We were praying. We bind the principalities over the gate, the window, and the door. All of those are openings and entries. The gate is an opening. The window, that's why the word of Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and what? And the gates of gates hell. Of hell won't prevail. No weapon that is formed against you and every tongue that rises up against you, thou shalt condemn. For this is the heritage of the Lord and so on and so on. So gates, windows, uh, uh, doors, uh, the Greek word thura, T-H-U-R-A, meaning a divine portal, a divine opening. And it is not done in the natural. It is done in the spiritual. And mm -hmm. that's why overseas still, as much as you and I love to study and read and get information, we meet, need just as much anointing as we have uh, uh, the Gnosis or the Nissans or the science. We need just as much anointing because the letter kill it, but the spirit make it. A lot. So it is real. And in the book, Overseer, I think you, you got that book of mine several years ago. If you didn't, I'll make sure you get it. But in this teaching, I teach on all of those demonic uh, realms and levels, principalities. I teach on powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age. And, and that means people in political, affluent, right. powerful positions that operate under the spirit of darkness and that are governed by another spirit. It is said, and I tell people this, the reason that Alexander the Great was so great, so Talk powerful, so effective in Greece, being the king of Greece, because he operated in witchcraft. Woo! And that's what made him and the Grecian empire so powerful. Matter of fact, and I love to tell this, it was said, amen, that Alexander the Great was so influential in witchcraft and so powerful that he had a horse by the name of Bocephalus. 
and he controlled Bocephalus, his horse, with witchcraft. He could be a mile or two away, but he beckoned for Bocephalus, and Bocephalus would find wherever he was because he was that influential. Remember in Daniel, when the prince of Persia couldn't bind him up, he called for the chief demon of, of where at? Of Grisha. Greece. And when the demon of Grisha came, the Bible said uh, that the Lord, Michael, was there warring, and he sent help from the heavenly angelic host to war again. I, listen, theologians, I'm not here to debate you. Talk I'm not you. here to argue with you. Christ is our common denominator, and we can be pleased with that and agree on that. But you cannot denounce or deny that there's demonic activity in the earth realm. It is very obvious and very evident. <sighs> Bishop, we could spend... <laughs> oh, this is good. Listen, before we go any further, those of you that are on, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to take a moment and share this on your timeline uh, because I feel the oil of the anointing Amen. being released right now. I feel it, Bishop. I need you all to do this. I'm not saying this for likes or I need you to share this. Someone needs to hear what's going to be said on tonight. Bishop Dash, so I got a question from, from someone out there, but I'm going to put it on pause. Brother Collins, I see your question. I'll pose it to Bishop in just a few moments. So Bishop, it is important then for us to understand what we're dealing with when we go into prayer. Yes, sir. Because I think some believers, uh, and you may have to help me out when we deal with intercessors and prayer warriors, the difference is there. Yes, Amen. Sir. But when we're dealing in certain levels of prayer and warfare and, and things in the spirit realm, we must understand who and what we are fighting against, Amen. especially when you're talking about working on the deliverance altar, Bishop. Uh, yes, sir. Especially when you're talking about on the deliverance altar. I see, and I say this with respect to everybody that may be watching now or seeing this on the replay, that call themselves an intercessor, or you may call yourself a prayer warrior. There is a difference. Bishop, would you be so kind? And, and because I want to stick there just for a moment, I feel some oil there. Help yes, me understand sir. the difference of a prayer the, between a prayer warrior and an intercessor. Yes, sir. Um, I think there is a difference. Matter, as a matter of fact, I know it is. Yes, sir. A prayer warrior is one, I believe, that's anointed to pray, mm -hmm. to help create climates and atmospheres in the spirit. Mm -hmm. A prayer warrior. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is intercessors have the anointing of birthing. Mm. They are midwives. They don't just have the ability to pray and create climates and change atmospheres to invoke the presence of the Holy Spirit. But I believe with everything in me overseer still that an intercessor can pray to the birth. Mm. I believe it's Isaiah 45, don't quote me 15. Here's an intercessor. For the Lord said unto Israel, for I shall make thee a sharp threshing instrument, having teeth, piercing the mountains. Now, the mountains are indicative or symbolic of nations and kingdoms. Intercessors have the ability to pray until they pray through. Mm. Prayer warriors can pray until there's a move of God or visitation, but they don't necessarily have the anointing of the intercessor. I believe the prayer warriors are those that join in uh, uh, with intercessors, for example, when there is deliverance taking place in the church. But I don't believe they should be the lead prayer warriors. I believe they should pray from a distance or strategically planted in the house of worship to come into agreement because everybody tying it into your next 
uh, statement, everybody's not anointed to birth people out in the spirit. That's everybody's right. not anointed to pray. Listen, Jesus asked the question, can Satan cast out Satan? Now listen, please, before anybody get offended, I'm not calling you Satan. That's not what I'm saying. But 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 if you're not anointed in deliverance, your best bet is to leave it alone, to pray from afar as a prayer warrior, because the enemy will expose you right in front of the saints. Yes, he will. Yes, he Amen. will. He will expose you. He will speak and expose your proclivity, your propensity right in front. I've seen it happen. I'm telling you, I've, I've witnessed it in one of my services. But I think a prayer warrior is one uh, that that has the gift or the ability to be instant in prayer and, and to, to that has a prayer life. They pray over assignments. They 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 come into agreement. They have prayer scrolls. They pray over petitions. They pray over requests. Mm -hmm. uh, when the pastor said, "Look, this is what we're believing God for in the next six months," they put it on their prayer scroll, their prayer list, and they are very incessant, very persistent about praying it to the birthplace, praying it through. Jesus told the parable in this wise amen the woman with the uh that went to the unjust judge and laid on him daily and prayed i believe that's luke 18 and said avenge me of my adversary now her adversary was dead her husband died and in the commonwealth of israel if you were a widower you were entitled to you were entitled right. to a widow's pension mm -hmm. they would not give her her pension that's why she said avenge me of my adversary in other words wow. do what's right by me and the bible said that that woman continued the bible says she went knocked on the door daily banged on the door until the good man got tired the judge and said to his servant give this woman what she wants lest she continually weary me wear me out that is a prayer warrior. They can pray till things manifest and birth in the atmosphere. I believe that emphatically. Amen. I believe in the wailing women. I believe in the weeping priests of Joel too. I believe in the cunning women. I believe, and it's not just linked to gender, men too. But That's right. the intercessor is one that stands between God and man on the behalf of the needs of the people and the deliverance of the saints. Amen. To bring deliverance to the captive, to sober, the addicted, be it alcohol, drugs, perversion, nicotine, whatever the uh, propensity is, the concupiscentage. Intercessors are anointed to pray you to the birth. Isaiah 66 gives you a depiction or a picture of an intercessor. For as soon as Zion travailed, Glory. she birthed and brought forth her children. I'm trying to stay calm, Pastor, but the word just does something to me. And, 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 and so it takes nothing away from the prayer warrior. We need both. That's right. We need the prayer warriors to come in and create the atmosphere. That's right. But when the souls come, we need the deliverance workers with the intercessors to birth out those that are in any form of bondage. Oh, glory to your name, oh God. Bless your name, oh God. Bless your name, oh God. Bishop, when we deal with intercessors, yes, sir. Should pastors be able to function in that vein? I think it's dangerous if a pastor does not. Okay. Make it plain for us, Bishop. When we are together corporately, Glory. everybody's trying to slowly migrate migrate to, back to the house of the Lord. But anyone to tell you the first, some of the first, or uh, my wife and I, hey, sister, Elder Patton, that's my sister in love, my sister-in-law. Amen. My wife and I, 
are, are two of the first people on the altar every week. When we were meeting on a regular basis, every Wednesday in our intercessory prayer at seven, we were the first on, if not the first, one of the first. Every Sunday morning, we call it morning glory. At, uh, uh, for the pandemic, it's been 9.30, but before that, we met at 8.45 with the intercessors. Yes, sir. One time I was like, Lord, why won't these people come to prayer? I keep telling them to come. Deacons come. Minister, and the Lord said, because everybody's not anointed to be an intercessor. Stop getting frustrated and upsetting yourself. You're getting upset over people that don't have the call. You're trying to make them have a call that's not on their life. Everybody's not called to intercede. So stop frustrating yourself. Stop getting upset because the deacons and the preachers aren't showing up. It's not their call. So I'll answer your question. My wife and I are generally the first ones when we meet publicly for corporate prayer. On the, you know why? Number one, going there can't tell been there how to get there. <laughs> so how am I going to teach you, tell you, train you, and instruct you if I'm not being again the epistolary, the letter, the 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 type. Typo, the prototype, not typo, the prototype, the pattern, as Paul said to Timothy and I mean Titus, showing yourself a pattern of good works. So Lady Dash and I, for the most part, unless we are uh, tending to other business, when the altar is open, more, most of the time, and I say without exaggeration, 98% of the time, we are the first on the altar. Yes, Number sir. Number one, I lead, we have to lead by example. Mm. Number two, it is important because the intercession not only sharpens you, to prepare you to do ministry, intercession creates an atmosphere for a move of God, but it also peaks the discernment and the perception and the sensitivity of the leader. So I have to, we have to be in the presence of the people. I'm not one of those pastors that sit in the office with my legs crossed doing nothing while everybody's on the altar. I'm out That's there right. treading. You know Talk what Bishop. treading is. Yes, walking sir. Walking the floor, walking the altar, travailing, interceding, walking. My wife and I, we tread the floor. We tread. Amen. Because it is important, number one, for the sake of example, for your leaders to see you out there. Number two, so that you can have accuracy in the spirit, perception, and accurate discernment when it's time for you to minister. Or even that you may not be ministering that Sunday, but as a chief shepherd, you need to be able to discern the spirit of the house or the atmosphere of the house. So that's it right. Is vital it is crucial it is imperative i believe every pastor should be an intercessor you know why because Bishop. if we don't know how to tap into god go in and out of god oh not in and out but into god and into the atmosphere we can train people to do the same that's right bishop i got comments coming <laughs> I'm going to backtrack just a little bit, Bishop. I wanted to uh, keep my word to Brother Collins, who's yes, in, who's online. His question was, when we were dealing with rebellion, uh, Bishop, did rebellion always exist or was, or was it birthed by Satan? And he's saying he's asking because he, re, uh, because he rebelled by wanting to exalt himself over God, correct? So that is his question. Uh, bless you, Brother Collins. Um, I, I, you are right. I believe rebellion began because, remember, before the pre-Adamic fall, which was the fall of Satan, uh, uh, or the fall of Adam and Eve, I'm sorry, uh, there was no rebellion. There was divine order. There was no chaos. There was no rebellion. That's so right. I believe that rebellion began with Lucifer, Daystar, falling angel, and that's when rebellion was implemented in the earth. And you see the perpetuation because now we go to Nimrod. 
Yes, sir. Nimrod, who built the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis. And if you look up Nimrod's name in the, in the Hebrew, it means rebellion. Nimrod means rebellion. And you know what? Rebellion produces Babel. Babel means confusion. <laughs> so wherever there's rebellion, there's confusion. Bishop. Bishop, you're pouring oil today, sir. You're pouring oil today. You're pouring the oil this evening. So we, we've talked about rebellion. We've talked about intercession. We've talked about prayer warriors. How do we prepare? Or let's, let's, let's back up just a little bit. We deal with the ministry of deliverance. Let's, let's deal with this. I think I asked you this the last time, but I want to just for the sake of dialogue today. Can a believer, a born-again believer in Christ be possessed of the devil i honestly uh man of god i don't believe that this is my conviction yes sir once you receive the gift of the holy ghost and the holy ghost occupies indwells your spirit being you are then under the influence and the control of the holy spirit now That's right. the only way a believer can be possessed is if you give place to the enemy and leave an opening. Remember Jesus said, when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man and That's the right. house has been what? Swept and garnished. That spirit leaves and looking for another to dwell in. I don't believe if you're filled with the Holy Ghost that mm -hmm. you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and demonically possessed. But right. what I do believe is if you create openings and leave openings for the enemy to come in, what I do believe is you can be saved. And if you get place to the enemy, if you get out of fellowship and you get place to the enemy, that you give them a foothold, you give them opportunity to bring you into bondage. That's right. Into slavery of sin, the slavery of bondage, the slavery of being overtaken. Now, the word possessed simply means to be controlled, yeah, manipulated, right. <clears throat> be under the influence of. And I believe you can only be under the control and the influence of what did Jesus, uh, what did uh, Paul say? Not Jesus. Paul said, and to whom you yield your members, to, to you, to whom, to whom you yield your members, you are a slave. He is your master. That's so right. you're yielded completely to the enemy, then... I believe that you can be in bondage too, but I don't believe the Holy Ghost and demonic activity can live comfortably in the same house. Somebody has to go. Uh, I believe I agree with you, Bishop. That's how I teach it as well. I believe once you come under the blood of Jesus Christ, you cannot be possessed. No. Now, I'll submit to your to your to your wisdom and knowledge here. I believe believers can be oppressed. They can be oppressed. They can be bound. They can be uh, 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 overtaken, and that's why we got to be careful. Give no place to the enemy. Give no occasion to the flesh. All the enemy needs is one open to bring me, you, and anybody else back into the bondage and servitude of sin. That's all he needs is an opening. My pastor, uh, Bishop Steele, would say it this way years ago. He would say it was the little foxes. That spoiled the vine. That spoiled the vine. That's and the word. I, and in the day and time that we're living in now, where we seem to be as a as a whole, 
um, very sensitive to being corrected in sin. It seems like we give place to the ability to do things that scripture says is wrong. Yes. And we find now believers who are now struggling in areas. And I'm not talking about the thorn in the flesh. I'm talking about something that they just can't shake. As as a pastor, as a pastor, have you ever seen uh, someone who loves the Lord, who is under the influence or under the bondage of the enemy? Yes, I have. I have, Pastor Still. I have seen, and this is not an indictment, it is not a judgment against anybody, but I've seen many that have professed the Lord, and who am I to question their salvation? That's right. Um, I believe upon the acceptance of Jesus Christ, there are many. If you if you uh, do a, take a census, statistically, over 68% of the of Americans profess to be Christians. Yes, sir. But then, what, 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 what comes with that confession? Because you believe in God? Because you believe many are in the Lenten season now. They've anointed their hair with ash and they're practicing Lenten. That's all good and well. But is there any contrition or repentance? Have you turned away from ungodliness and, and denounced the works of the flesh? So, you know, you can put ashes from your head to your feet. But if there's no true repentance, uh, Lent means little to nothing in the sight of God. Not to make somebody mad, but That's I, all right. I don't Speak apologize. The truth. But, 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 but listen, Pastor, um, people that are saved, I believe with all of my heart, if, if they are truly saved and truly, uh, and I, let me, uh, the amen to that is First John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, That's we right. have fellowship, Konania, with him, and the blood cleanseth. That zeth, S-E-T-H on the end means it's a continual process. We're yes, continually sir. being cleansed. So I believe if we abide in him and his word abide in us, not only can we ask what we will, but we, we remain fruitful. We remain uh, productive. We remain godly. So um, I, 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 I think to answer the question correctly, I would say overseas still that if a person is truly saved, uh, I don't believe that they can be uh, in uh, servitude and slavery to the enemy or in sin. Amen. So, Bishop, then how do we, because one of my favorite books or one of my favorite chapters, when we go into Romans 7 and then we go to Romans 8 where there's no more condemnation, yes, but sir. then we read about Paul and this wrestling match he's having in his flesh. Yes, sir. There are many believers that are having wrestling, that are having wrestling matches right now. They don't want to give in but they can't seem to shake it. Yes, how, do we, how do we help them? How do we say, how do we look someone in the face and say, okay, what you're dealing with is demonic. Yes, how do sir. we help them? How do we help them? I think how we can help them is one thing that we don't, a lot of people don't preach anymore is mortification. Mm. Uh, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Listen, let's be honest. None of us have arrived. We all have, as Paul said, for that that I would not do, that I do, and that I do not, that I find myself doing, for it's no longer I that sin, but rather the law of sin that lives within me. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Talk, in other words, Paul was saying, Lord, I love you and I want to please you, and I want you to kill this me in me. I don't like this part of me that rebels against you. I don't like this part of me. And see, and I'll give you a contrast. I'll give you a, a parallel. There's a difference between weakness and wickedness. Let, 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 let me share that. There's a difference between weakness and wickedness. Here's the difference between weakness and wickedness. Uh, uh, weakness is this. 
when we intentionally, and I'll give you reference in the scripture, rebel yes, against God, sin against God, no remorse, no regret, no repentance, and none of us are working on us. We're not crucifying this flesh. We're not dying daily. Let me say something to everybody. You may be speaking span clean. You may not be doing nothing. You may not never leave your house but to go to work and come home, and that's a wonderful thing. But the warfare is still in the mind. We yes, still sir. have uh, <clears throat> we have the war against appetites, passions, thoughts, desires. Come on, y'all. Let's just be 100. Keep it 100. Be real. And so we deal with that. We deal with that. And you're going to deal with it till you die. But that's why weakness is this. That's it. Kill this me and me, Alistair Davis. Amen. Weakness is this. I'll show you weakness, then I'll show you wickedness. Weakness oh, is, uh, Lord, I've got a thorn in my flesh. Here's yes, our sir. example. David said, Lord, I've sinned against thee, and thee only have I sinned, created me a clean heart, renew within me a right spirit. But David repented. That's right. David uh, repented. He asked God to forgive him. Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm godly, sir. Wickedness is when you have 700 wives and 300 concubines, Ooh. as his son Solomon did. And that that's wickedness. Weakness is struggling with sin. Wickedness is when you're a practitioner of sin. That's right. Weakness is, hear me good, weakness is when Paul said, Lord, for that that I would not do, that I do, and that which I do not, I find myself doing. Uh-huh. That 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 that's weak. wickedness is uh, when when I don't uh, when I regard iniquity and don't repent of it and don't ask God to forgive me. So there is a difference between weakness and wickedness. And what I say to every believer is, we've got to work on this flesh. In my flesh, Bishop Dash, your flesh dwelleth no good thing. And and so we can't say that we don't have to war with something. What keeps us is our desire to please God. Let's just keep it real, 100 all the way. What keeps us is our desire to please God. And I have a wife and I love my wife. And I'm sure you would say the same overseer. That's right. I, I, I desire to, to, to be committed to her because I love her, but also for righteousness sake. The greater sustainer is my desire, and this takes nothing away from her, to please God. God, to honor God. Do, I, I want somebody to hear what I'm saying. James said, he that practices sin is of the devil. So you got to ask yourself a question. Am I a practitioner of sin? Or does the law of sin in me cause to take occasion according to Romans chapter 8 and sometimes come short of the glory of God? So what do I do about it, Bishop? Colossians chapter 2. Mortify, morte, <laughs> the Latin word, morte, put to death, morte. I think I shared this with y'all the last time, where we get the word mortician. Uh-huh. Mortify means deaden, put to death. That appetite, that desire, that passion, you may go to your grave and never tell what you was thinking about or where you wish you could be or who you wish you, you desired to be with. Come on, we're going to go there. Let's go all the way there. Amen. And you may take it to your grave, but you know what you are with. Oh, wretched man that I am, I can't tell nobody but God, because if I told you, you would judge me, ostracize me. You would put me out. Hey, Debbie Giles, that's one of my daughters there from Rhema. Amen. So I can't tell you my thoughts. I won't tell you. I'll take them to my grave with Whoa, me glory. because you would judge me. Matter of fact, don't even get too close to me when I pray. Because if you heard some of the things that came out of my mouth, me pouring my heart out, that God, you might get up and walk out the church. 
my God. Not because I'm demonic or am I possessed, but I'm still frail. I'm still flesh and I still wrestle. I still contend with these fleshly appetites and passions. So what do I do about it, Bishop Dash? I'm mortified. Glory to God. The mortician, they deal with the dead. I mortify my flesh. Come on, y'all. Amen. And die. Paul said, that's why I die daily. Because if I don't die daily, overseer still, I might mess up. Yes, sir. I might shipwreck. I might crash. And y'all can judge me if you want. You're just not honest enough to say what I'm saying. But I've got to die daily. Got to die daily. Especially die some daily. generational curses on our life. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Talk, Bishop. With Papa and uncle and cousin and all them that passed through the bloodline, the ancestral line, the pathological order of my life. I should have been an alcoholic, a whoremonger, or dead. But for the grace of God. But for the grace. Go ahead, man. See, you're making me preach now. Don't do that. <laughs> but for the grace of God, Bishop. You're talking good, sir. You're talking good. You're talking good, Bishop. Let me ask a question. Let's ask a question. Let's dig a little deeper. So as a believer, when should I seek counsel if I believe deliverance is, is, is something that, that's an option for me. Let's say I'm fasting. Let's say I'm praying. At what point as a believer should I seek deliverance help? And I ask this question because in some of the books I've read, in some of the materials I've read, uh, there would be people that would say, I think I have a demon. I think mm -hmm. I have a devil. And we can bear that out in scripture as well uh, for the, the, the one that brought their, their child because they said their child was grievously vexed of the devil. How, how do we as believers determine it's time now to come see Bishop Dash and say, Bishop, I need some help? Well, you know what, Pastor Overseer, I believe this. We all know when we need help. Sometimes the spirit of pride will cause you to be in denial. I don't need help. I'm all right. I'm fine. You're not fine. If it controls you and you don't control it, you're not fine. That's an indication or a sign. Don't allow your pride. Don't allow the spirit of pride to keep you. I ain't telling nobody my business. That's pride. And your pride will kill your life, your influence, and your favor with God. Don't allow your pride to keep you from getting a complete deliverance. Well, I'm too ashamed. I can't tell nobody. I have a problem with, and, and listen, we're grown on the line. All things no children. I counseled a young man one time that was struggling with perversion, pornography, and masturbation. Mm -hmm. And he came to me and said, Bishop, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired. My flesh craves for it. I love uh, pornography. I like to watch the porn movies, and I'm struggling with masturbation. I said, well, the, you did the first thing. You did, that was right. I said, the reason you, 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 the first step was to acknowledge and admit. Number two, you, after you acknowledge Bishop Hamilton from Texas, our co-laborer in the fellowship, amen, our vice bishop, bless you. I, I said, you need to acknowledge and admit because the first step of deliverance is owning up to. Proverbs 28, 13 says, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesseth and forsaketh shall find mercy. So you got to confess. That's homologia. You got to say it out of your own mouth. I got to struggle. Yes, sir. After you confess and admit it now, don't go to Bishop Pervert because if he's struggling, he can't help you. Amen. And that's no disrespect to anybody. Amen. But but you got to find out, make sure you got a man or woman of God. I didn't say this perfect, but clean. That's right. Number one, you got to admit and don't allow pride because you're afraid of what people are going to think about you. Baby, this is life and death. 
It's a matter of your spiritual life and death. So if you got to tell somebody, I never forget a woman named Odessa Himes used to come to us. And this woman was so anointed in deliverance overseas still. She went home to be with the Lord about 10 years ago. This woman was so anointed, people would come in the church and she was so anointed. And it would irritate people that were bound to possess of the devil. They would take her back to the church, get up and leave. Because this woman was, and she was just as meek and humble and mouth, but anointed in deliverance. Look. You cannot worry about the opinions of people because nobody lives in a glass house. Nobody is walking in perfection. If you're tired of wrestling with the demon that you're wrestling with, you got to come clean. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest with God. And you got to be honest with the man or woman of God that you're going to for confession. My recommendation is if you're a man, go to a man. Don't go to a vulnerable woman. If you're a woman, don't go to a vulnerable man. Go to somebody of the same sex that's not on the DL, the download, that's trying to get you after the counseling session. Go to somebody trustworthy and delivered. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. And and so that's what needs to be done overseas still. Got to be honest with ourselves first. With yes, God sir. second, confess and forsake, we'll find mercy. 2813 of Proverbs. Amen. And so after we do that, we got to be willing to admit that we need help. That's I it. am a slave to this passion. I am a slave to this appetite. I can't control my appetite, my desire, Tell my concupiscence. I can't control it. When I say I'm not going to take another smoke or another hit or another blunt or another black and mild or another Heineken with the lemon and lime twist. When I say I'm Call not it out, Bishop. It, Call I, it out. When I say I'm not going over her house tonight. Call my it car out. seems to find its way over there. That's a booty call. When I say Ooh, I'm call, not call it out. Uh, hit the whatever, whatever. Come on, y'all. We keeping it real now. When I say I'm not going to, I and, and I end up doing it anyway. That's because it controls you, and you cannot control it. Paul said, "But I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest by any means I preach the gospel to others he and be away. a castaway myself." Castaway does not mean thrown in the trash. It means being put up on the back of the shelf. That I'm not going to be put up on the back of the shelf. I'm going to be deliberate about my deliverance. Glory to God. And see, many people are suppressed but not delivered. You cannot suppress a devil because it's going to come back up. You said you were delivered from cussing people out. But let them push the wrong button, baby. Those known tongues are going to come up and you're going to speak fluently the four-letter superlatives because you're not delivered. Stop suppressing stuff and get delivered from it. Glory to God. So true deliverance comes when we're honest with God, honest with ourselves, and then when we mortify. How do we mortify? I believe it's Isaiah, and if I'm off a verse or two, don't kill me, 14 and 11, 14 and uh, uh, 21, it says, and and kill the root with famine. Kill the root with famine. The root what? The root of the sin is only killed with famine. Well, what do you mean? I got to go somewhere and be in famine? No, the reference there is uh, fasting. Deaden your flesh. And I'm not saying you got to fast seven days a week, but until you get your deliverance, you got to set aside at least a day and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm tired of wrestling with this demon. 
I'm tired of being a slave. I'm tired of keeping my stuff in secret, giving people the impression. And you don't have to answer the people. You got to answer the God. I'm tired of giving people the impression that everything is hunky-dory, peachy, creamy. When I know it's not, because when I go home at night, I got to live with me. And if I move from Philadelphia to North Carolina, I'm still taking me with me. So I can't get rid of it by escaping, moving to another area code, zip code, or what have you. I got to deal with this me and me to get my deliverance. Bishop, 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 you've been calling out. I don't believe there's a such thing as happenstance. You have been calling out specific things tonight through your teaching. And I would just like to humbly submit to someone on tonight. You've got to know when there is a flow. If you are struggling with profanity, it is a demon. It is a spirit. Not only do you have to recognize it, repent from it and renounce it and give it to God, you will find deliverance. You heard Bishop jump on the spirit of perversion so far on this evening. Wherever you're having struggles and strongholds in your flesh, he said, stop suppressing it and get delivered. There are people, Bishop, that are functional alcoholics. Yes, sir. There was someone I worked with years ago. He could come to work and he would smell like alcohol, but he was able to suppress it long enough in order to get the job done until one day. It cost it cost him a position. My God. Don't suppress something so long that it costs you your soul. No, sir. There's somebody out there tonight that you have a struggle and you are suppressing it. It's not letting you rest. It's not letting you sleep. You're not getting peace. The, the good that you would do, you can't do. Your will is bound all because maybe you are embarrassed. And how many of you know that pride is also a spirit? I think we talked about it last week, Bishop. Yes, In sir. Job, he's called the name Leviathan, the son, the father, the prince of, the, of those of the proud. Yes. Those that are too proud to say, hey, I need some help. And let's stop here. Let's put a comma here for a second. You can't. I think Bishop said this already. You can't be concerned about what people may think. I promise you there are people in Bishop Dash's church. There are people here at the King's Worship Center that listen. They don't care about your business. They care about your soul. Yes, sir. They Amen. care about your soul. Bishop, with that, how do we prepare the deliverance worker to hear all types of things? Because sometimes the people will come up and share and other times that spirit will manifest and tell you who he is. Amen. How do we prepare the deliverance worker? Yes, sir. Number one, I'm going to go natural. Then I'm going to go spiritual. Yes, sir. We uh, maybe a few years or more ago, we created a waiver in our ministry. That's right a waiver of confidentiality. Every leader that lady and I allow or permit to render counsel to people, they have to sign the waiver. In our judicial system overseer, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, whenever you come confidentially to anyone with a personal matter and they breach the confidentiality by discussing and divulging whatever you shared, they put themselves in jeopardy and in lieu of being sued, prosecuted, dismembered, disbarred, whatever you want to say. So we have to be careful, first of all, 
to make sure. I almost feel like uh, what the Apostle Paul said when he was talking about in the book of Acts about the choosing of the deacons. They had to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They had to be filled with the spirit of wisdom. And they have to have a good reputation, a good report. Filled with the Holy Ghost. They must be filled with wisdom, Pastor. Yes, sir. Filled with the Holy Ghost and have a good reputation as Paul required for those that fit the office of a deacon. That's right. So their criteria, they must be confidential people. Because see, as soon as I hear about something, I purposely, and I'll be honest, nothing uh, uh, detrimental to anybody's life, but I've said things personally to certain leaders just to see if it would circulate. Mm -hmm. More often than not, thank God it didn't, but in some cases it did. So that showed me they weren't ready. They couldn't be trusted with confidentiality. Mm. In our courts today, you can be sued for breach of confidentiality. That's it. Uh, most insurance companies now encourage pastors and pastoral workers to insurance. get a liability that protects you against suits because of the breach of confidentiality. That's it. And so if you're a busybody, I automatically don't trust you. You'll never know because <laughs> I'm going to smile at you, hug you, love on you, tell you how nice you look today. Good to see you, but I will never trust you. And that yes, doesn't sir. mean you can't change. But I'll say, as it's, uh, the writer said, and I believe it's in Jeremiah, he said, can a leopard change his skin or an Ethiopian his spots? So uh, you can paint a leopard white when he's really spotted, but he's still a leopard underneath. You can paint an Ethiopian blue, but underneath he's still black. Mm. And, and so that's not to say that people shouldn't be forgiven. I forgive you. I just don't trust you. That's right. Uh-huh. So That's right. uh, ministry workers have to be confidential. They have to be consecrated in that they don't, they're not governed it by the century realm, taste, touch, see, hear, and smell. That's right. And they have to be committed, committed to ministry. That's right. Not one that takes your personal information and develops it. And they have to show a level of consistency that's it they have to be consistent you have to have a spirit of discernment because you cannot bind or shut down what you can't discern that's right okay i'm praying for you counseling you ministering to you and i'm like one as paul said beating against the air swinging don't know what i'm swinging at trying to hit i have to have acute accurate discernment so that i can target the spirit that i'm dealing with and know how to properly address it, how to how to properly uh, 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 address it, bind it, take authority over it, and how to work against that spirit and cast it out in that's Jesus' right. name. So um, that's how we develop and train. And our ministry workers cannot be busy in other men's matters. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to be polite, kind, loving, friendly to everybody, but that's not right. too common. When you're That's too right. familiar, too common with people, they lose respect for you. Talk, Bishop. Both of you have a saying, you play with a dog too much, he'll lick your face. your face. They have to maintain a level and degree of respect for you to receive. People that you're chummy, chummy, buddy, buddy, goody, goody with, they can't take your rebuke. And I found right. it out the hard way. Yes, sir. They can't take your correction because they see you as a friend and not as a leader. Yes, you sir. You have to stay in your place in order to obtain respect. And then when the people know that not only are you messy, or maybe you're not messy, but all of your affiliations are messy. They're not going to trust you. Because the right. first thing they said, and it's been said to me, how can he hook up with him and be best buddies when they know they're messy 
busybodies and gossiper. And I try to answer them to the best of my ability. I don't understand that either because your position would be, I love you and I'll be here for you, but I can't be a partake of your mess because now people are losing respect for me because of your busyness. Bishop, I'm not going to keep you on as long as I did the last night, but I just got a couple more questions and I'm going to let Come you on, go. Man, I'm here for you. I'm going to let you go. How has Hollywood impacted what we do as believers in the church when it comes to deliverance? It has impacted the church. Now, okay, in the last 10, 20 years, and I'm and let me let, this is my disclaimer. I am all for Christians being in the entertainment industry. Yes, sir. Because we need to have a presence. We need to be seen and heard in the marketplace, in the entertainment industry, in the sports arena. So let me say that first before somebody thinks that I'm alluding to otherwise. Right. But we cannot afford to dilute, to water down the gospel, the sanctity of the gospel. It is still right, Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the gospel, the good news, the power of God unto salvation. And so my conviction is uh, the picture that Hollywood, and I'm going back to when we first started yes, sir. Uh, the screen. Yes, sir. You, you use for reference, and I, 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 I pay attention, Pastor. I listen to you. <laughs> Uh, back in the 70s, The Exorcist with Linda Blair. Yes, sir. How Hollywood glamorized that and used it for entertainment purposes. And ever since The Exorcist, movies for the last 40, almost 50 years have been coming out yes, about sir. possession, demonic activity. Well, number one, as saints, I don't think we should entertain that. That's right. And y'all may not believe it, but, but, but it does two things. It brings a spirit of fear. Yes, sir. And it creates a demonic opening, a portal or an entry. Spirits are transferable. They are transmittable. And we don't entertain demonic activity. Number two, one of the words that we use so often, do we really know what it means? The word music. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Music. It is the communicator over the media, the TV screen and the music. Mu, M-U, look it up. The prefix new means mind, entertainment. Mind sick is entertainment. Mew sick, mind entertainment. And so as a man thinketh in his heart, y'all better so stay with me. Yes, sir. So is he? So if mew and sick is mind entertainment, and I entertainment, and that is my entertainment that's what i allow to be uh, deposited in the inner recesses of my mind what i ponder and think so am i i become and we have to be careful because words are life they are life proverbs 18 21 life and death in the power of the tongue and so what's being transmitted through the media or mediums yeah. the spirits of the air have effect on our children, have effect on us, 
And no, I know we can't lock them down and put them in cages like birds. We got to give them some liberty, some freedom. You got to let them listen to a little bit of their R&B, a little bit of rap. And I understand that. I'm not only a father, I'm a grandfather now. And I understand right. that. And we do have to use wisdom because sometimes when you isolate them too much, it only makes them rebel even more. Exactly but right. we have to use wisdom. Nothing demonic, nothing perverted. Uh, you know, I, I, That's like, right. I, I like his message. Common is a... I like his message. I like other positive messages. I'm not Talk so sure sure. that I can't enjoy or appreciate some of the secular. And don't say I backslid y'all, all right? Some Talk of the sure. secular. I like instrumental. I like smooth jazz overseer. Mm -hmm. I do too. And I hope you have me back. I, I hope I didn't offend nobody. I, I like <laughs> instrumental music. When I'm with my wife, I don't like to listen to Nearer My God to Thee and Jesus no, sir. and the Cross. I like a little, you know, little, little, something. little something. something. Y'all know that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> nothing that will pay penetrate and filtrate and contaminate my mind, which in turn affects my spirit. See, you're trying to make me go somewhere. Uh -huh. What we perceive in the cerebrum or the cerebrum cortex that goes from there to the brain stem that's connected to the air and the dorsolateral cortex, which goes from our, our, head, our brain to our ear and from our ear to our spirit. You are what you eat. That's it. And it affects you. So we got to be careful what we ingest, digest, and et cetera. So I say, man of God, that we have to be careful. And the Hollywood, going back to your question, I am not uh, 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 in any means denouncing Hollywood. Uh, they put out some, I, I love, uh, good. I, I like uh, uh, suspense. Hey, Dick and Joe, I like suspense. I like thrillers. I like detective mm -hmm. stories i like i'm still corny i like action i like still yeah. like karate and 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 all that kind of stuff you know what i mean i said yes, and and i like a, a good thrillers don't misunderstand me but i will not feed my spirit anything that's going to be a jeopardy or a threat to my spirit i'm gonna watch something demonic and i gotta sleep all night with my lights on in my bedroom is that god talk bishop talk bishop is it God? So leave Freddy Krueger and Jason and all those others around because it creates and opens up a door of fear and you created a portal or opening for the demonic. Stop entertaining demonic activity. And fear brings torment. That's right. Fear brings torment. Yes, it does. That's the word. Fear brings torment. Bishop, you are. <laughs> Listen, for those of you all that are just joining in on tonight, we have as our special guest on a pastor's perspective, again, none other than Bishop Vance Dash from Raymond Deliverance Cathedral in Philadelphia, PA. He has been dropping wisdom bombs on us tonight, on, on us tonight. Bishop, I promise you, I'm not going to hold you much longer. I, what, I do, <laughs> what I do want to give you a few moments to do, if you have any material that you wanted to share with the people tonight, because you've written a host of books, a host of materials. I do have uh, here, I do have your information so uh, they can go to the website and, and look you up as well. But I want you all to know Bishop Dash is just not anyone. This is a man among men that has information and wisdom and knowledge that will bless you. Tonight's discussion dealing with deliverance, dealing with deliverance. Bishop, the last question I'll, I just wanted to ask, just for me on tonight. Sure. What was your first experience like in deliverance? My first experience, and uh, let me add as I say this, my first experience in deliverance, I was not 
the minister of deliverance, I happened to be in the service. Yes, sir. There was a young man that was demonically possessed in one of our services. And uh, matter, as a matter of fact, it was a, a youth night on a mm -hmm. Friday night. And I'm going back to the late 70s. So, you know, we're talking some time. <laughs> and I was just a teenager myself then. And um, after the youth night service, we had uh, all night prayer. Yes, sir. And we shut in for prayer. And a young man, I won't call his name, not that he's the only one with this name, but uh, to protect his identity, this young man right. uh, began to uh, go through gyrations in his body. His body just started gyrating and shaking. So one of the evangelists that was in the service with us, she was an anointed woman. Mm -hmm. uh, her last name was Jackson. I'll just say it like that, a powerful woman of God. She's the one to introduce us young people to the Holy Ghost, to the apostolic, to deliverance. She was one of the few in that church that introduced us to it. And Fanny Jackson said, uh-uh, you coming out of here, you're not going This young man gyrated, he, uh, his voice changed, his countenance changed. He began to talk in a baritone voice. Mm -hmm. And when Evangelist Fanny told us, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, go downstairs to the uh, to one of the other rooms, a youth room in the church and pray. Y'all don't need to be here because when this demon comes out, he's looking for another place to occupy and dwell. Well, That's I was right. young. I, I, I had the Holy Ghost. I just got the Holy Ghost maybe two years before then. Yes, and sir. Um, I saw her walk that young man and she labored and she travailed and she tarried. And see, some folk and this, the, you know, the, the, the skeptics and some of the heretics really don't like this. Totally when I sure. came along in deliverance, people didn't just get delivered. They came through. They purged. That's it. Which was an evidence of the expelling. That's right. Of the spirit. They purged out of their mouth, out of their body, out of their anatomy. And, and as they purged and the spirit of the Lord, the sanctifier came in and sanctified. I've seen people get delivered and in the same night get filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. I've seen others just get delivered. They were purged. They were exempt. They were exonerated. They were released from the oppression of the evil spirit. They didn't get the Holy Ghost right away, but they got delivered. That's it. Um, so that was my first experience. And I had to be um, overseer. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I must have been about 18, 19, maybe 19, no more than 20 years old back then wow. when I experienced that. But it blew my mind. I knew what it was, but it was my first experience, the first experience that I ever saw. Um, yes, and then, and I'll make it short. You're fine, uh, Bishop. The first time that I personally ministered in deliverance was at a service and a young lady uh, was there. She kept mocking uh, one of the other young ladies there that was MHMR. She has special needs. Mm -hmm. And I openly said, please, this is not a time of mockery. God is moving by his spirit. It's not a time of mockery. And she just kept laughing and giggling, giggling. Young lady sitting in the back of church with her friends. And a holy boldness came over me. I said, the Lord said, if you continue to mock her, God's going to transmit that spirit from her to you. And she shut down real quick. Ten minutes later, she was mocking again. God is my witness. I have witnesses that will attest to this. Deliverance fell, broke out in the room. The young lady with the impediment uh, that couldn't control her, um, her um, oral movement, her mouth and activity, that spirit jumped off of her and jumped on the girl that was mocking her. And we had to pray deliverance. And so I, and this is why, and I, I, I'm not a debater per se of the word of God, but as you and I talked about before overseer, I believe in apologetics. Mm -hmm. Apologetics comes along with uh, hermeneutics and homiletics. 
And you know what apologetics is. Mm -hmm. Apologetics is allowing or letting the word of God to defend itself. And I would not debate or argue with any man or woman of God that don't believe that deliverance is evident, imminent, and existent today because yes, it is. But it is my conviction. I've seen it too much in our church. Yes, sir. Deliverance Cathedral, we've seen deliverance. We've seen uh, addictions broken. We've seen, listen, uh, we, we've had a, 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 a transgender come in our church, mm -hmm. a Caucasian transgender last year repented and said, I started to get the change in my body, but I repent. And we prayed and rebuked that effeminate spirit and commanded this. And every day, I think they moved. We haven't seen them in months. They moved. But they came, testified, I am a man. That's what God made me. God didn't make me a woman. We cast out and took authority over that perverted spirit, that unclean spirit, that transsexual spirit. And that person whose name I won't mention, God, three, That's a right. Caucasian, uh, one of our uh, uh, late pastors, tries to reach out and keep in touch with another one that came about three weeks ago and said, I'm tired of living like this. I want deliverance. We've been praying for them, getting them ready for deliverance. Uh, and I can go on and on about the deliverance I've seen from drugs, from alcohol, from perversion. But yes, I have seen it. I have, I've witnessed it. And that's why the chief theologian cannot change my mind. <laughs> the cheapest cannot change my mind about the power of God. Because had I not experienced it, there's an old story, Pastor Still. Let me tell this and I'm done. I'll, Do it, Bishop. I'll it back to you. You find story about a, a man that uh, worked on a job. And he worked on the job. The man wasn't very learned, very articulate, very intelligent. But once he accepted Christ and he allowed the Holy, the Holy Spirit came in and filled him, he began to go to work and tell everybody about it. So some of the people on the job were very learned, very educated, very intellectual. And they said to this man, how do you know this Holy Ghost thing, this God thing is real? He said, I know it's real because I feel him in my spirit. I've accepted his indwelling presence. Yes, sir. And they said, that's not good enough. What's your proof? He said, well, I'm not as learned and as articulate as you gentlemen are. But if you were walking past a building where they were doing construction and one of the bricks happened to fall out the scaffold and hit you on your head, how would you know the brick hit you? The man said, because I would feel it. He said, well, that's how I know I got the Holy Ghost, because I can feel it. And that's what I say to you and anybody else that's concerned. You may not have the theology behind your name. You may not have letters. Uh, you may not know all the ologies. Uh, uh, you, you, you may not be learned in Eastern theology, Western theology, or Western colloquialism. You may not be learned in antediluvian or pre-Adamic age, nature stage, or whatever, the demonic. You may not be well-versed in angelology or any of the others, but nobody can tell you what you feel or how you feel. <laughs> Bishop, I'm trying to get you off this live. But you, <laughs> I'm trying to get you off this live. You hear <laughs> My God, my God, you're blessing me. If no one else on this live tonight is getting blessed, you are blessing Kelvin Steele. Oh, praise God. I'm th thankful. You mentioned something. Yes, sir. As you were talking about how you saw you were in a service, and I don't remember the, the woman's name that you mentioned, the woman of God, uh, and you were talking about the jerking and the gyrations. 
Mm-hmm. My pastor years ago, we would have those types of services where, you know, the spirit of God would fall and there would be dancing, there would be speaking in tongues. And there, there have been services. And I had to learn this once I became a pastor where he would actually stop the service and tell people that's not God. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned was that there is a counterfeit. Yes, it is. That is per- perpetuated sometimes in those services when we are praising God. I've even seen at the altar where we were casting demons out, and we won't have to do another live bishop and talk about manifestations. Sure, sure. Um, and the person on the altar, the you know, we would the spirit of my wife was actually working the altar once uh, with me, and the Lord was giving us the insight of what spirit the spirit was. And we would cast it out, and then all of a sudden, you know, the musicians that are conditioned they take you into a praise break. And so in the middle of that, the person went in, he went into a a, a dance and my wife discerned. She says, no, sir, that's a pretending spirit. Mm -hmm. And she rebuked it, shut it down and went back to casting out more spirits, casting out more demons. And I think it's important, Bishop, I don't know if you'd have anything to add on that, that as leaders and as ministers in the church, as people in the church of God, we've got to be able to discern that there is a counterfeit that's out there. That's right. Listen, let me say this over here. Yes, it's Lord. called the spirit of mockery. Woo! It's called the spirit of mockery. The enemy will send counterfeits into the church, and they're under the influence of another spirit to disrupt, to distract, and to interfere with the genuine and the true move of God. Because it's obvious that somebody's in the service. Yes, sir. That wants to surrender their life to the Lord, or somebody's coming for deliverance. Yes, sir. Mockery, the spirit of mockery, and you hit the nail on the head. It is essential. It's not up for uh, discussion or debate. Any leader that ministers in deliverance, it is a must that they have spiritual discernment. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to discern the spirit if you're going to arrest that spirit, bind it, handcuff it, hogtie it, and then cast it out. You cannot. You cannot minister in deliverance. And let me say this too. Not only do we need a spirit of strong discernment, we need a a, a, a passionate, a, a intentional, purposeful prayer life outside the church, not just when you get to church. That's right. Because you had many that will pray, they'll get on altar in church, but didn't give God five minutes, you know, since mm-hmm. the Sunday before. And no, we have to be prayed up. And on that note, too, uh, many are, are the, that operate in genuine deliverance, you're going to be susceptible mm-hmm. to the darts and the, the, the retaliation of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Amen. I told Raymond two weeks ago, I've been telling that the enemy is mad, the spirit of retaliation, demonic retaliation. Mm-hmm. That's still, I walk in divine health. Um, I, I, to God be the glory. I walk in health. I don't have an impediment, ailment, or sickness. I take medicine for nothing. But the mm-hmm. enemy assaulted and attacked me last week to the extent mm-hmm. I had to go and get checked out at the emergency room. Good report, clean record, all is well, no scripts, no prescriptions, no medicines. And that confirmed it was an attack of the enemy. Among the other things I shared with you in the green room that we've been dealing yes, with, death and this and that and the other. But 
but the warfare, and I don't know why the Holy Ghost told me to say it. Give me 30 seconds and I'll talk. Will. Take your time. Any man and woman of God that's that that's moving further than just the church and the worship experience, that's moving in the true apostolic and true deliverance ministry, you are in line. The enemy is targeting you because he doesn't want the people of God to be set free. He wants us to remain churchy. He wants us to remain churchy, but he want, does not want us to be delivered and to be set free. So, yep, there is a higher call. There is a higher price and there is a greater, greater warfare. But be encouraged overseer still and everybody listening, just like there's a higher mandate, a higher call. We, we fasted 21 days in January. Then February, the Lord let us breathe a little. The end of February, the Lord said, give me every morning. Consecrate your mornings to me. I'm like, oh, God, we just came off. I obeyed God. Then he gave me a break. Then the Lord told me to call the church back in. Every Wednesday and Friday, he said, give me your morning. Consecrate. Listen, great ministry is wrought by those that will sacrifice and pay the price of a great consecration. And listen, the warfare may be great, but guess what? The reward is going to be even greater. And I don't know why the Holy Ghost is saying, don't explain yourself. Don't try to justify yourself. Don't try to get people to understand because of the mandate, the call that's on your life. Don't people, well, man, he going off the deep end. What, what they doing now? And why they got to be in this deliverance thing? You got a good word and teaching, preaching ministry. That should be good enough. The people around here, and you saw that deliverance. Well, that's why you're there. Amen. To, 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 to be a trendsetter, to be a, a path, uh, to pioneer. You know, a pioneer. Uh, uh, one thing about a pioneer, they, they discover and move in uncharted territory. They break new ground. They move in new dimensions. You all know by their no apology. And just because they're not ready to venture, they're basing everything on the book, the knowledge. And we need the book. We need the knowledge, but the book and the knowledge alone is not going to cast the devil out. So don't apologize. Stop apologizing. Stop trying to please people. Stop trying to get them to understand even some of them that are closest to you. Glory to God. Stop trying to get them to understand because they won't. In part because their theology won't let them. And I won't speak the other reason why. Amen. We'll leave that alone right now. But you obey God and do what God said do. Because there's an anointing on you for the region. And God said, if you're willing to pay the price, I'm willing to transform and shift and change a whole region because of your obedience and your sacrifice. And the Lord said, yeah, I will connect like-minded men and women to you. Glory to God. Some near and some afar. But yea, thus saith the Lord, I will not leave you alone. Glory to God. And even those that question and wonder why and say that's all that's not necessary. God said, I'm going to wrought deliverance before their eyes by your hands. They're going to see demonstration and power of the spirit of God in your anointing, in your church, in your ministry. Even some of your family will say, wait a minute now, enough is enough. You're going too far. Uh-uh. But obey the Lord. Walking with God has called you to walk in. And they will see not only the fruit of your labor, 
but God said, I'll co-sign you. I'll validate your anointing. I will stamp your ministry in their presence so that they will have to say it is an undeniable, undeniable move of God. Thus saith the Spirit. We give God praise and glory for everything that was said and done on tonight. Uh, help me, Lord. We give Jesus. God glory. We give God glory and honor. Listen, we praise God for you, Bishop Dash, and uh, everything that you've poured out on tonight uh, on this live. I receive the word of the Lord. So be it, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. For those of you all that are watching, this is Bishop Vance Dash from Philadelphia, PA, uh, pastor of Rhema Deliverance Cathedral, 1201 West Lehigh Avenue, mm -hmm. website www.ramacathedralctr.org. Bishop, did you have uh, any material or anything that you wanted to share this evening? Overseer, I um, I think I packed my materials back up and I was busy. That's okay. <laughs> no, when I say pack them up, I put them in my, my book uh, containers and stuff. But yes, sir. The, uh, I think the only, the two books that I prescribe, and you know all the books that I've written, I think you have most of them, if not all of them. Let me just yes, name a few, and if you can go into you can go into our website, Rama uh, Cathedral uh, uh, at uh, Rama D E L. Um, when you if you can, Pastor, right at the Rama put uh, Deliverance. Uh, okay. Our website is Rama uh, D E L, the abbreviation for Deliverance. Okay. C T R dot org O R G, and it will take you to our webpage. Um, you can hit the resources page, you'll see our books. But the last book I wrote, I was on tour in 2019, right before the pandemic hit. I wrote a book called Better Not Bitter. And we talked about being healed from the root of bitterness. Yes, and I based it on a study out of the one of the universities of Oklahoma, how bitterness will affect your body, not just your spirit, but how it releases the... Uh, gases in the endorphins in your body and it will bring destruction to your major organs. That was the last book I put out and it's been two years ago in 2019. I'm working on another script now. But going back was a book before that was Favor in the Famine. Uh, talked about in uh, the days of the famine, the Bible said in, in, in Genesis uh, chapter, uh, is it chapter 226, 26 uh, and 12 and Isaac sold in the land in the same year he received 104. Isaac sold in the pandemic. He sold yes, in the sir. famine. And while I'm saying that, I encourage you all, don't let the enemy, hey, Deacon Joe, keep you from sowing in the pandemic and the famine. Because the Bible said in the same year, Isaac received 100 fold. Now, don't forget, one fold is equivalent to 100. So you do the math. 100 times 100. Yes, Amen. Sir. I wrote that book, Favoring the Famine. Before that, Overseer has some of my leadership books, The Elisha Concept, The Elijah Principle. There are a pair of books I teach on the prophetic connection, being connected to your prophet, the prophet's reward. Uh, the 18 things in scripture that were destined for the prophet, that if you connect with the prophetic anointing and walk with your prophet or prophetess so into their life, how the things in scripture that were only for the prophet and the king will be released and you will have access to them yourself. Pensions, the spoils of the war. Yep, I said it right. First Chronicles 30. 
23 talks about the pension of the priest and the prophet. It pensions, yep, that's not a tongue. The word P-E-N-S-I-O-N-S, <laughs> pensions, 401Ks, retirement plans, 403Bs, and how you can be blessed by song into the life of the prophet. Strategies of warfare, you heard me talk about the Arcus and the Cosmos Cratopis, the Pneumaticus Ponereus and the rebel spirits on the different levels of the demonic. I teach how to pray in those levels and how to bind in those atmospheric and those stratospheric, those exospheric realms. Uh, uh, breaking generational curses, uh, genetics, uh, pathological, ancestral curses that hold many in the captivity and slavery. We've got to lay the ax to the root as Jesus said, amen, so that we can liberate and set free ourselves and those that are bound by the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, I think I'm forgetting one, but nevertheless, they are the best sellers, the main sellers. Yes, and um, you can visit our, our page, our site. If you want to partake, you can follow the instructions and we will um, make sure that we get some of these teachings and these tools in your hand as, as a ministry tool and for your personal edification. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Once again, yes, on the sir. bottom of the screen, you will see I've added uh, Bishop's Cash App information, ministry information. I would, for all that he poured out tonight, sow a seed into his ministry. Amen. I believe I have that right dollar sign, Vance Dash. Is yes, that correct, sir. That's Bishop? correct. Amen. That is, he is good ground. His ministry is good ground. Amen. Sow a seed into that ministry. I know I get some feedback and questions about how can we sow into a pastor's perspective on tonight. Anything that you would have sown into a pastor's perspective, please sow that into Bishop Dash on tonight. Amen. Sow that seed of any amount into his ministry. I promise you, you will reap a harvest. Not And at a minimum, just obey God and bless his servant. Amen. Amen. So with Pastor, that, if I can say one more thing. Yes, sir. You, yes, I sir. I encourage you all. Let let's support uh, overseas. Still is doing a good work, and I know he's not asking for himself, but let's sow into the man of God's life. We are in the season called Purim, Esther chapter nine, and I've told on that we had a Purim party Friday before last. Purim was the season and the time that Mordecai and Esther, through fasting and prayer, overturned the plan of Haman, the wicked one. The gallow yes, he built for them to be hung on, he was hung himself. And Purim is celebration of the overthrow, the overturn, the demise, the disannul, the casting down, the divine reversal, celebration, elevation, and promotion. All nine of those things. So we had a Purim party and we celebrated Purim. Yes, we did. We celebrated Purim and we gave. Now we're between Purim and Adar. The month of Adar, between March and April, we're in the season mm -hmm. called Adar. And Adar means glorious. Some mm -hmm. say it references double glory. Amen. And I want to encourage you to sow into your perim. If you need God to overthrow, overturn, dismiss, disannul, uh, celebration, vindication, victory, deliverance, sow. I've learned this. One thing about the kingdom, we can sow all year round. We know we're approaching the spring, but people are breaking the ground and dropping seed in the ground. But in the kingdom, we don't That's have right. to wait to certain times. The That's ground, right. the fertile soil of God's anointing and God's word is right, broken, sensitive, and soft. And it's time to drop your seed. But this is what I've been sharing this week over here, and I'm finished. You find the Lord spoke to me Monday and said, share this with the saints. And it's prophetic in this sense. And I, I challenge the saints, Job 36, 11. Job 36, 11 says, and if they obey and serve the Lord and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity 
and their years in pleasure. And I've been having my noonday partners that are on noonday, as the Lord leads them, no pressure to sow a $36.11 seed because you're sowing into your not yet, not your right now. So if you want to sow until you're not yet, meaning that which is to come, I'm not talking about your right now. You're reaping in your right now from what you did back then. So we're not talking about back then or right now. We're talking about sowing until you're not yet. Y'all catching this? And I told them prosperity doesn't just mean wealth, but in the Hebrew, it is the word tobe. And it means to have a good journey, a pleasant trip. Wherever you go, whatever you apply yourself to would be effective, successful, and prosperous. And then he said, you will spend your days in prosperity and the years in pleasure. The word pleasure is na'im in the Hebrew, and it means this. Na'im means that you will have every delight and desire that you wanted. If you want to travel the world, get ready to travel the world. Yes, sir. You want to build your dream house from the ground? Get ready to build your dream house from the ground. But here's the criteria. Obey the Lord and serve him, and you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures, plural. So while you're saying that, Bishop Dash, I'm going to challenge you to sow a $36.11 seed today. Amen. And we're going to sow into Overseer Stills ministry, the pastor's perspective. Overseer, make sure I have the right uh, sending opportunity, whether it's cash app or whatever, because I want to sow. I don't tell people to sow and I don't sow. I'm a practitioner. Amen. And we got it right here. Dollar sign King's Worship Center. Yes, sir. All right, y'all write that down because as soon as I hang up, I'm sowing my seed. I'm not showing off. I'm not trying to impress anybody, but I believe we ought to practice what we preach. Yes, and so we're going to sow to overseer still. I'm going to sow again. This is my third uh, Job 36, 11 seed, but I want to be blessed. So I've got to sow into the ministry of this man of God. Matter of fact, I'm going to double it because I need double return. I need double increase. And I'm not just here with the hand out. Amen. I'm here with the hand up. We're here to help and support. We've got to support each other in this hour, people of God. Yeah. We've got to support ministry. So let's support overseers still. Amen. And support the work this man of God is doing in the kingdom. We need this pastor's perspective. We need it. Amen. Bless you, Pastor. Bishop, I appreciate you so much, so much. I hope all of you have enjoyed the information that was poured out tonight. I want to try to uh, twist Bishop's arm and get him back on again real soon. I'll give him a break, maybe a, a few weeks, and yes, uh, try to get you back on again. I know you've had uh, some weeks, and I'll, I'll, I'll back off of you, let you get a little rest from me. <laughs> Those of you that That's don't know, he's on Facebook Every day, practically, prayer and teaching. Please catch him. Like his page, Vance Dash. You can't miss it. Like the ministry information. And for those of you all, if this is your first time on a pastor's perspective, do me the huge honor of liking this ministry page. But also, if you like to hear the audio podcast of this, you can find it on Google Play. You can find it on Apple iTunes. Go down, subscribe and download for me and, and, and participate. Like, share it so we can grow this platform. Listen, once again, my name is Pastor Kelvin Steele, pastor of the King's Worship Center in Simpsonville, South Carolina, host of A Pastor's Perspective. It has indeed been my honor to be on with Bishop Dash on this evening. I would, for those of you that are still on, hang on for a few moments. I have a video that I wanted to share with you all 
by a man of God out of Columbia, South Carolina. His name is Deshaun Wright. Uh, he had a song or has a video called You Are God. I don't know where I've been, but I stumbled across it recently and it has blessed my life. So as we prepare to leave for this evening, I want you to take a few moments and listen to this video and then find this young man's page and like it and share this video out for me. But until we speak, family, peace abide. To the one who is higher, to the one who has all power, to the one who is undefeated, we declare your name. To the one who is higher, yeah. to the all power to the one who's undefeated we declare your name oh, oh we declare that you are God we declare that you are God oh, 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 oh. Declare that you are God. We declare that you are God. Come on, right there. Open your mouth. Hallelujah. Can we release a sound in the room? We give you the glory. Come on, there's nobody like our God. We give you the glory. Yeah, yeah. Come on, can you sing it with us? To the one. To the one who has all power, to the one who's undefeated, we declare To the one who has all power.
don't you doubt it Your record is a million to none We declare that you are No question about it No reason to doubt it Your record is a million to none Come on sing, we declare no question about no it. No reason to doubt. Your record is. Your record is a We declare. We declare. No question. No question about it.